Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about identity. In episode one, identity thieves, identity theft. Am I talking about someone stealing your bank card and going into your bank account and taking your money or somebody impostering to be you because they have the identical driver's license or passport that you have? Absolutely not. I am talking about your personal identity and that is derived by your sun sign and your ascendant you don't have to know what that is in order to listen to this podcast i'm talking about the identity of the individual the personal identity social identity the cultural identity in psychology and sociology and philosophy okay so who are you to yourself in your mind, in your head, when it's dark at night, it's late at night, when you're quiet in the room, when the lights are low and you've pulled up the covers close to your chest and you're ready to fall asleep and your mind starts going a mile a minute. Who am I? What am I? Why did I act this way? What am I going to do tomorrow? Me, 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 me. That's identity. And then there's a social identity. How did the people perceive you when you made the choices that you made today? What are they going to think when you decide to implement the choices that you're going to make tomorrow? And then there's your philosophy. What is your belief system? What is your truth? What are your value systems? So this is basically identity information. And this is taken from identity in Wikipedia. The process of the development of the distinct personality of an individual. End quote, Wikipedia. In psychology, identity is the qualities, the belief, the personality, even the looks and the expressions and the appearance. What does your car look like? What does your house look like? What kind of boyfriend do you have? Girlfriend do you have? Who's your wife? What are your children doing? This is your all filters of your persona and your self-identity. Particularly the social category or the social group. And where does that happen? It happens in, in your career, in your job, with your school friends, with your kids, school friends and their parents, their teachers, the parents you interact with in their school system. The personal identity relates to your self-image, one's mental model of oneself, one's self-esteem. And you want to know something absolutely nutty crazy? We spend our entire lives trying to figure out what the heck that is. Who am I? What's my identity? In the face of you, in the face of tragedy, in the face of glory, when I am sick, when I am healthy, who am I? I'll give you a secret. I'll give you a secret in a moment that's really going to help you get through the stress of this identity crisis that we're in. And I'm going to explain to you what an identity thief is. Now, when I look at astrology and I take a look at a person, the one thing that everybody is wowed by is the first 10 to 15 minutes that I spend just on them. And each time I do a session, each time I do a coaching session, I add another layer to who they are every single time. You can spend hours and days and weeks and months and years trying to figure out who you are or you can get an astrology chart done. I can tell you exactly who you are in one hour, less than an hour. Because we want to skip that part. Okay, that's great. That's elementary. That's elementary, my dear. 
we want to skip that part. We want to know who we are. What are our tools? What is the toolbox that we were gifted with from the day that we were born? What are those tools and how can I use them? And what are the identity issues that I struggle with? So for instance, I'm going to give you a very simple example. If you decide to go hiking and you're going to walk down a path and you've been told that this is the glorious, most amazing path, there's birds, there's trees you've never seen before. You've been told by people, you have to walk down this path. It's gorgeous. It's breathtaking. And so you go down this path and I'm going to tell you, this is an exact experience that I went through. Okay. And this advice came from my 60, 70 year old aunt and uncle. Six, late 60, 70 year old aunt and uncle. You got to walk down this northern territory of Ontario, Canada. Absolutely breathtaking, gorgeous. As soon as you get to the path, just walk down it. And then you're going to reach this cliff that's going to look through the glorious Georgian Bay. Absolutely stunning. So we said, eh, is this an easy path? I, for one, like to hike. My husband has just recently had a ankle injury. So we want something that's a bit relatively easy. We just did it last week. Easy peasy, says my 68-year-old and 70-year-old aunt and uncle. So we go down this path. We walk straight ahead. We see people coming from the path. They look happy. They don't look stressed out. Doesn't look like it was too rigorous. This path was ridiculously hard. <laughs> it was not a path. It was not ground. It was boulder after boulder after boulder after boulder. We had to watch every single step we made. There was leaves on the ground. It was recently wet. It was slippery. We had to find sticks that we could use to help us on this hike. And then when we got to the hike, to the top, which was about 45 minutes, all right, that was so steep and so narrow that if you were to slip, you'd be going down probably 100 or 200 feet. Not pleasant. The view was drop dead gorgeous. You want to know what my point is about this? On our way back, we discovered a flat, wide, straight, not hilly, easy path. It was there all along. It was a fork in the road and we chose by accident the challenging one when we could have easily taken the flat one, which obviously we took on the way back. This happens in life. We make a judgment call, we make a choice, and we continue down a very hard path. Now, I'm going to tell you, we're both quite proud that we did this. We were both very happy that we could take the easy one on the way back. But why not be forewarned about the easy path and know exactly where that is so that you don't have to create tools that can help you along the way to balance you out so you don't fall. So you don't have to do that. And we can do this in many ways. Some people do it through faith. Some people do it through meditation. Some people do it through spiritual research, schooling, and sometimes it takes an entire lifetime. And when I was talking to you about 
And it doesn't have to be that way. So I'm going to give you a few secrets here before the podcast is over. One of them is, which I'd mentioned I was going to talk about earlier, is that your identity is continuously evolving and changing. So who you think you are today is not who you will be in three months from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now. Every event, every episode, every experience will continually chip away at that identity and create a brand new one. Because underneath the identity that you have now is a hidden layer identity. Of course, the idea is that we want to evolve. We want to get better. We want to get more at peace. We want to have abundance. We want to have happiness. Ultimately, we want to have happiness. As long as we identify, and here's tip number two, as long as we identify ourselves with our job, our husbands, our spouses, our childhood, our mothers, our fathers, our trauma, our pain, what we wear, how we dress, how we look, our physical body, the achievements of our children, we will never truly know who we are because we are constantly in tune with somebody else's identity vicariously. And so what's an identity thief? And sometimes we're guilty of being identity thieves as well. And that's exactly it. It's when you identify yourself with the achievements of others. If you identify yourself with the disapproval of others. And the trickier part is, and here's a really big secret, is if you identify yourself with what you think other people think of you. Get that part? And it's also the relationship that you have with the relationship that you had with all of your exes and all of the people in your past, including your mother and your father. One of the things that I love when I'm doing my sessions, and I'm going to give you a story, and I'm going to call her Sarah. And Sarah had a very, very difficult childhood. Her mother died when she was three. Her father raised her, and her father had a drinking problem. He did his best. He worked very hard and he was able to bring home money. But when he came home, he wanted peace and quiet. And Sarah was the oldest. And Sarah had to make sure dinner was made, make sure the other children were dressed and their lunches were made for the next day, that they did their homework, that they took their baths. And so she became, you guessed it, she became the replacement for her mother. So she completely lost her identity as a child. Then her father, when she was 13, married someone. She was so happy. She was so glorious. She was not like a lot of children would say, you are not allowed to replace my mother. No, she was happy. She wanted this. She wanted to see her father quit drinking and be happy. She wanted, guilty and selfishly, but understandably so, for someone to take over the duties. Because she wanted to finally have some time with her friends. Well, this relationship was not healthy. She was selfish and she was jealous this new mother and this relationship broke up when she was 17 years old and so here she is a woman of 58 years old still cries over the loss of a mother she never knew but she what I taught her was that the identity of who she is was in the face of discovering herself in the world independently on her own and how proud she should be of herself because she survived that she didn't only survive it She was somebody that was responsible, reliable, and caring, and her two siblings to this day adore her and love her and look to her 
as a mothering figure and therefore it made her a better parent and she admits this she can't deny that without that experience as a child she would not be the parent that she was so I had her write out a letter to herself and also to her mother who had passed away and also to her father and the stepmother who never became the mother that she hoped she would become and therefore she went through a second loss again because she had never really dealt with the original loss and how could she she was three so therefore at the age of 17 that's when she came to terms with that loss and she wrote that letter and she thanked them as difficult as it was because that mother is not not here the stepmother she detested and the father she's estranged from now she had to write a letter of thanks gratefulness gratitude for giving her the strength to be who she was and I'm gonna I'm gonna read this letter to you in part thank you mother for giving birth to me and bringing me into this world and feeding me and clothing me and finding a father that would protect me that would clothe us feed us and make sure that we had all of the necessities of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for the heartbreak. Thank you for leaving me because it made me stronger person as a result. I have to admit, I still cry when I write these words. The idea of not having you in my life is a loss I will bear till the end of my life. But I thank you for loving me. Thank you, Father, for allowing me to show how protective and caring and responsible and reliable I am. Thank you for allowing me to see the strength that I have within myself that showed to myself that I am a caring, loving, responsible, reliable and wondrous person. Thank you for bringing the stepmother into my life and allowing her to leave and showing me the strength that you have because she didn't treat us well and that wasn't enough for you. Thank you for showing us in that experience how much you loved us. And I'm not going to continue on further. So what I say to you at the end of this podcast is write a letter to someone who has really hurt you or a loss or an experience that you had. And find gratitude in that loss. How did it make you stronger? How did it shape your identity? How did it make you challenge your identity and make you question yourself? Because one of the things that I always adhere to is the question is always more important than the answers. Namaste.